0: This is the Philly Soccer Show. I'm KOW's Greg Orlandini with Philly Soccer Page writer Mike Cerredio. This week, ESPN Soccer writer Jeff Carlisle talks U.S. national team and some union with us. U.S. uh, national team has a... Couple games under our belt, uh, kind of getting back into the swing post World Cup here. Both kind of younger sides they put out. Just looking at these two games, kind of in total, what do you think? What do you think they tell us right now?
1: Well, I think they tell us that on the defensive side of the ball. You know, the next generation is, is beginning to emerge and beginning to step up. You know, I'm thinking of, of Zach Steffen in goal and, and Matt Miazga and, and Cameron Carter Vickers in defense. Um, I think John Brooks was kind of part of the previous generation, so I, um, you know, I wasn't necessarily lumping him in with that group. And then you've got guys like Tyler Adams and, and Weston McKinney. Uh, who are also stepping up and and beginning to to get some meaningful minutes and and deliver, as as we saw in the case of Tyler Adams against Mexico. Um, I think, you know, in terms of the attacking side, I mean, the the jury is still very much out. Um, I haven't really seen anything to make me think that a new generation of attackers is going to step up and, and give some help to Christian Pulisic, you know, when he does return. Then um, I think that's a concern I mean we'll, we'll see how guys like uh, Josh Sargent do and, and Jonathan Amon Emmanuel uh, Sabi. you know those guys are you know the latter two are playing in Denmark and you know they they look you know they' like interesting prospects especially with their ability to take because you know take guys on and beat them off the dribble but um, you know I didn't see a whole lot of creativity in either game, and it was really only when the U.S. moved to a four-four-two with with Julian Green kind of getting closer to Jazzy Zardes that we saw any semblance of a spark and in attack in any consistent possession. And it's kind of, it's like the millionth time that that the U.S. is kind of boomeranged between this, you know, trying to move away from four-four-two and then always ultimately going back to it. So, you know, for me, a lot of concern on the attacking side of the ball and, and just where that next wave is going to come from, but the U.S. has struggled to develop those players for a long, long time, so uh, you know, we'll have to see what happens and and monitor that going forward.
2: I I think Greg and I would both agree with you in terms of the attacking side of things, and I think one of the things that I've seen going around Twitter is is who is the actual starting number 9 and number 10 right now, and I I think the uh, the bigger debate that I've seen among U.S. soccer fans is, is there a a number 9 that's going to replace Josie Altidore? And what, what are your thoughts on, on that position specifically?
1: Well, I think an awful lot of hope is being placed on, on Josh Sargent. Yeah. Um, I think he's taking the necessary steps. I think he's doing the right things. He, he seems to be making good progress at, w- with Werder Bremen. Um, but you mentioned Josie Alcador. I, I think he is the number nine right now. I mean, I don't really see anyone else... Um, Stepping up, I mean, you've got Bobby Wood um, who scored some big goals for the U.S. in, in games past, but um, you know he's he's really struggled for his form um, over the last year or so, and so I'm not so sure that you can count on him. I mean, I, I think he'll still be in the pool. I think he'll still be in the mix and, and keep you know he'll still get keep getting called up. But you know, for me, when healthy, Josie Altador is still a guy, and I, I you know I know that the mere thought of that. Drive some some segments of the U.S. fan base to distraction, but I think you have to look at it objectively and, and you're just looking at who's who's available and where guys are in their development. I think Josie's still the guy. I think in terms of the number ten, uh, that's got to be Christian Pulisic. But you know, and I see this back and forth on Twitter, you know, with people and um, people say, well, don't worry about the number ten. You know, we've we've still got Pulisic, but god forbid what if he gets injured yeah. and when you think back to the times in the u.s national team's history when it's done well you know i think back to the 2002 world cup they had you know claudio Reyna and um john o'brien i mean those were two guys that were very good on the ball and then you had a total wild card and a guy like clinton mathis i mean when you think back to 2010 and under Bob Bradley, that team had Clint Dempsey and, and uh, Landon Donovan. So, you know, my concern, and we, and I think we saw this in the latter part of World Cup qualifying. Every time Christian Pulisic got the ball and started to run with it, he, he got taken down. I'm thinking of the Costa Rica game in particular. Yeah. And so, they, the U.S. really does need a second option. I think to just take some of the burden off of Pulisic and and. And just offer a little bit of variety in attack. I, I think um, you know Concacaf teams began to figure out that you know, in terms of the you know the US attack, everything ran through Pulisic. So uh, I think that's a real priority for the US team. You know, even for as long as Dave Serikin's still in charge, and and for when the new guy takes over.
0: And where do you see uh, Timmy Ware uh, fit in? I thought he had an interesting game last night, out on the wing to begin with wasn't real effective had a nice run early on, but became more effective when they gave him a little freer role and like you said they, they switched around formation he was a little more central, popped up had a couple couple good looks at goal a couple shots is he one of the creative options apart from politic where do you, or where do you see him actually fitting
1: you know for me the, the jury is still out on on, on Weah. Um you know he, he's had some good moments. Um yeah. But he, he does strike me as a little bit of a tweener. Um you know, I'm not sure. I mean, he's got speed. I mean, that much for sure. And so and I think that's why there's this impulse to play him out on the wing. Um yeah, but he hasn't looked all that effective out there. Um but again, that that could just be the function of him being so young. Um you know, I, what he I think he's what's still 18. Yeah. And so uh, and I think in the case of so many of these guys, it, it's really going to come down to how they develop with their clubs. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what kind of minutes uh, Way is able to continue to get with PSG. I mean, they've got a lot of competitions over the course of their season that they play in, so you know, you would think that he would get some more opportunities. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's prudent at this stage to take a real wait and see approach. Um, if I recall correctly, I think with the u 17s he played out wide as well, mm-hmm. so um, if if forced to pick I, w- I would think that 's where his future lies mm-hmm. um, but you know he, he he seems to be a guy to try to you know to beat guys off of the dribble, um, not necessarily make the killer pass
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, both of those things are important in an attack for sure, but um, you know I think that's kind of where at least that 's where his game I think, can make the biggest impression right now.
0: Well, his dad played last night, so he could be an option <laughs> as, as well.
1: <laughs> it went, what, 79
0: minutes? So, uh, more than I, more yeah, than I can play. So. I tell
1: you, a lot more than I can play, too. But I was a goalkeeper <laughs> in my very modest playing <laughs> days, so uh, that, that's not saying a whole lot. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, the, the guy's an inspiration, that's for sure, when, when he steps out on the field like that. <laughs>
2: um, the... The national team press kind of got to meet with Ernie Stewart for the first time last week, obviously a guy that we're pretty familiar with here in, in Philadelphia. And, you know, I've seen everyone's stories and, and tweets about that. Um, how did you think that that conversation went, and how do you feel about the, the direction that things are going under him?
1: I mean, I, I think Ernie's an impressive guy. I think he's a smart guy. Um, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of meat on the bones in terms of what
2: Yeah, we know all about that. I mean you
1: know, it was you know, he even when he he said the bit about wanting the team to be aggressive in in your face, um that almost came out by accident, you felt like. I mean it was almost like he didn't even want to divulge that. And and it's very close to the chest to admit to it. (laughs) Um you know I walked away from there not really having a whole lot of different You know, not many different impressions than I had before. I mean, I think just reading the tea leaves, I think the new coach will be an American. I think it probably comes down to to Berhalter, Vermes, and Jesse Marsh. Um, You know, I I don't think there's this magical, you know, foreign hire on the horizon, although I think Tata Martino would do great. Um, But, you know... Stewart made it clear that the new coach will live in Chicago and that he wants the new coach to speak English. And, you know, there's been some debate kind of, you know, bouncing around in terms of, well, you know, just, you know, Tata Martino speaks enough English and, you know, he, but I mean, I I can only tell you what I've been exposed to in my conversations with with Martino. I've interviewed him twice, one-on-one, once over the phone, once in person, and both times he had a translator. And during the all-star game, I sat in on on some of the team talks and he, all of those were delivered in Spanish, which is fine. Um, And then it was Dario Sala, his assistant that did all of the translating into English. And so he was the one charged with communicating that to the English speaking players. So, and there is a public facing aspect of the national team job as well. And that, you know, mingling with sponsors and, and the like. And uh, I know the money side of the game is something that, you know, some fans don't want to have to consider, but, you know, that's that's part of it. And so, again, reading the tea from, from Ernie Stewart, it, it just doesn't seem like uh, a Tata Martino or even a, a Peckerman, who, who coached Columbia at the last mm-hmm. World Cup, is a possibility. So again, I, I, it reinforced a lot of feelings that I had. I mean, we'll we'll see if Burr is the guy to get it. Um, He keeps talking about in your face. So that points more to a Peter Vermes or a Jesse Marsh, you know, pressing, you know, being super, you know, hyper aggressive, uh, pretty rugged defensively. So, um, I mean, that, those were, those were kind of my takeaways. Um, You know, it's, you know, Ernie Stewart, you know, says, you know he, he's going to conduct these interviews along with, with Ryan Mooney and, and Nico Romaine, and, um, and then he's going to make a recommendation. Um, it, it seems like, it, I don't want to say the board will be a rubber stamp, because, you know, that's, that's an impression they've been trying to move away from you know, ever since Sunil Gulati was no longer USSF president but I've got to believe that whatever recommendation he makes, you know, Dan Flynn will negotiate the contract, and then it'll get approved. But um, yeah, it's you know, there wasn't a whole lot of meat there. But you know, the, the bits that I've heard got reinforced.
2: Well, it's good to hear that Ernie hasn't changed.
0: <laughs> so, so uh, as you've laid out, and as you know, we know here in Philadelphia, Ernie is very much his own man, does his thing in his own way and in his own time. And there's frustration with the with amongst U.S. fans right now, not making a World Cup, you know, kind of sitting with the interim coach for as long as we have. How long do you think it takes before Ernie Stewart kind of starts rubbing up against that, and that frustration increases? Uh, you, know, you know, if there isn't, you know, if there isn't not immediate success, but at least signs pointing to success or signs pointing to progress.
1: In terms of hiring
0: a coach, it, it, hiring a coach and then kind of hitting the ground running and, and you know really beginning the process of qualification and stuff and gold cup and all that, uh, you know, how, how long do you think Stewart's style as kind of this, this face as leadership for U.S. soccer? You know, if they don't get that success coming out of the gate, do you think that starts rubbing up against people?
1: I don't think so. Um, I mean, Stewart has only been on the job a little over a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, he's got to do what he thinks is right. I mean, he's been, hopefully, I mean, there's a little bit of debate about how much power he's actually been given and, right. and where his remit begins and where it ends. But, you know, he has been hired to, with, you know, with these job responsibilities, uh, you know, foremost among them hiring a coach. And so, I think for now, he's, he's going to be a little bit, Immune from that, um, mm-hmm. which I don't think is the worst thing. I mean, I think you know you've got to he's got to stick to his guns and and hire the guy that he thinks is gonna gonna do the best job and um, get this this team pointed in a positive direction again. I I, I don't think listening to all the outside noise um, serves him well. But I I think if we're to January and they still don't have. A coach hired mm-hmm. um then i think he it's going to be unavoidable i i think i think the noise and and the, and the criticism and, and certainly i would be you know very critical of the situation if they didn't have someone hired by january i i, I think uh you know, then it, it, he's going to have to address address this and and i and i think again, i think the pressure will be on him um once the coach is hired I mean, I think there'll be an inevitable honeymoon. I I think it'll be a little bit shorter than than past coaches just because of where the team is at right now. I mean, people are going to want to see some tangible signs of progress. I I think a game like, you know, the the one against Mexico, I I think that that helps. I mean, I I think, you know, that 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 definitely gives fans a a reason to, to have a little bit of hope again, but I think there's an understandable wariness from everyone who's observing this program, fans, media, you know, what have you, that, yeah, this is, this is going to take a while. This is a major rebuild, mm-hmm. um, probably a bigger rebuild than, and than any, than any other I can, you know, think of uh, in recent national team history. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, people are going to be watching and, and, and people are going to expect some, you know, a, a reasonably quick turnaround and, and, they're you know, they're hungry for some hope that, that that you know that this team can can get back to winning ways again
2: i think i think we're we're definitely hungry for that ourselves <laughs> i imagine that you are as a person that's that's close to the situation um i wanted to ask you uh, about something specifically from last night and we could hear it loud and clear on the the television broadcast and it's it's the the chant that the the mexican fans say when there's a goal kick the opposite team and i'm not going to say the word um it was very frustrating for me to hear that in a, in a u.s stadium last night. I think not, not to the point where it's forgivable when it's played in Mexico, but it's, it's, it's especially disappointing to hear it here. Is there, is there any talk of what can be done to, to, to stop it to, to not I, I, don't, I don't even know
1: <laughs> Listen, I, I think the o- there's only two things that are going to put this thing to an end, and that's fines or a point deduction. Um, I mean, in heavy fines,
2: because yeah. um, they were they were fined yeah. in six games last year, I think. And, right, and I mean, the, but it's, the it's
0: fines, like pocket are, change. yeah, the fines are cosmetic, if anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I I remember seeing the amounts and thinking that's not going to change anything. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, um, I I think you know, I, I think a points deduction will will will, will get the message across. Um, and then what happens after that, you know, we'll see. I mean, whether people get their backs up and say, you know, we're going to say it anyway, and, and it turns into this standoff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, it, those, those are the only things that are really going to hurt. And, and and those are the only things that are really going to, to ha- you know, be able to influence behavior. I mean, it, it was it was disappointing to hear it, you know. I mean, I've heard it in U.S. stadiums. I mean, I've, I've attended Mexico games. Uh, in the U.S., you know whether it was a friendly against Iceland last year or whether it was Copa America. I mean, I, I've I've heard it before, but it was it was a little disappointing to to hear it, you know, in a in a national team game involving the U.S. So, uh, but it's only going to be when some real pain gets inflicted that that behavior I think is going to change. And and right now, no one seems to have the will. To to make that happen, Um, I think Pancho Villa's army. I I think I recall seeing something today where you know they they've come out with a statement against it. Um, And I know the the Mexican Federation has done some things as well, but I I think it's easy to to look at those as maybe being cosmetic, and it's it's more a a plea at this point to to change behavior. And um, so, yeah, I, I think. I don't. Unfortunately, it, I don't see it happening or changing anytime soon, and it's terrible because you want everyone in the stadium to feel welcome. Um, I think it's one thing to, to cheer for your team and maybe engage in a little trash talk with the other side, but obviously, this you know, there's really no place for for hate speech anywhere. And um, yeah, I I wish I had a a, a, no. qu- a quick and easy answer to no, no. I think you later I, it no, I, I think how to how to change it. But like I said, I, I think. It, it's it's going to take something really painful yeah. for, for people to get the, the message. I, I, I think you, you
0: laid out the difficulties therein with you know the federations and and Concacaf and FIFA doing all these half measures, and like you said, fans will date, could dig in, and it just turns into another thing. So. Uh, I want to switch gears real quick uh, from away from the national team. You uh, you wrote a very uh, complimentary article about the uh, our hometown team here, the Philadelphia Union. Um,
2: so nice to see all these, these it, nice it, articles it, no, about is, the it's, Philadelphia it's, Union from the national guys. <laughs> it's it's nice change, I
0: guess. Completely shocking. <laughs> it's very different. We've seen this evolve really over, I guess, the last six weeks to a month where they've really started to solidify. Um, from from your vantage point, what, what, what are some of the key things – that you're seeing from the union?
1: Well, I, I think, you know, and I got to give Jim Curtin credit for this, I think you're seeing a, a consistency in approach. Um, you know, in, in the beginning of the year, they were playing some good soccer, um, but we're coming up short, and, and really that was just down to missed chances. I mean, C.J. Sapong, it seemed, was you know, just couldn't buy a goal. I mean, mm. obviously, he's... He, his form has picked up a little bit recently, although he's not the center forward anymore. He's right. been playing a little bit more on the wing.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I think, you know, Corey Burke, you know, has just the fact that he, he it's not that he's finishing every chance, but he, he's just, I think giving the team a little bit more confidence that he's going to finish some of them. And, um, and I, I look at that midfield and it, I really like the way that that midfield is balanced. I mean, you know, you don't have, like, a pure destroyer, per se, but in, in Mendunjanin and Bedoya and Call, I mean, I just see a, a real nice... I mean, they're responsible players. They're conscientious players, and they're, they're going to do their bit defending, and they've got a, the necessary skill to to generate some chances in attack. And um, I think Bedoya, in particular, has really... I mean, I think this is by far the best season he's had, uh, since he's come back yeah. to MLS, and
0: yeah, certainly.
1: not that he's been like dazzling and scoring these spectacular goals, but he's just been uber solid, and um, and so I think that's where the strength of this team emanates, and I and I think it gives the team a lot of confidence, and um, it helps the, the maturation process that's going on along the back line as well, where you've got Trusty and, and you've got Elliot, and um, you know, uh, oh God, the guys. The, the the other young kid uh, McKenzie
0: Mackenzie.
1: yeah McKenzie mm-hmm. and um you know Mark McKenzie and then, and then so I think just the confidence from the way the midfield has been playing I just think that that's just added a real calming stabilizing influence and um you know for that reason they're getting results and and they're they're getting the results that they should get and you know i i saw some comparisons to to 2 years ago in 2016 and um certainly that was you know that was a team that very much stumbled into the playoffs but i yeah. i just feel like this team is is made of sterner stuff and and the foundation is much more solid and um and you got to give curtin some credit i think for putting Corey burke in there i mean this is a guy who's pretty unheralded and and came through bethlehem steel and um you know, it, it, it can be it can be tough to to sit guys who are, are on big wages and who you just signed to big contracts. But Curtin did it, and I think that was a critical step because if that kind of thing doesn't happen and there's not that accountability, and you know when guys aren't performing, then I think that's a recipe for things you know to fall apart. But um, I think in this instance, Curtin made the, the tough choice that he had to make. I mean, <clears throat> maybe it didn't happen as quickly as, as some people would have liked, yep. but um, he did make it, and I think. You know that that kind of move and, and, the, and the subsequent result build a lot of confidence in the dressing room, both in the team's play and, and in the coaching staff. I think th-
2: I, I think we agree with you um, for sure, and I, I definitely think that there's there's a different air around this team, especially compared to the team two years ago that that almost seemed surprised to be in the playoff spots as the season got later, whereas this team expects to be there and 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 is looking upward. Um so where where do you, what do you think is the expectation for this union team with the month and a half to to go in the season is is it good enough to to make the playoff and maybe win the open cup is it good enough to just win the open cup and and um is it is it good enough to uh to make a run in the playoffs
1: I think it's definitely good enough to win the open cup for sure I mean I know that that if I'm not mistaken the games on the road in Houston It is and um I mean, I think this Philadelphia team is 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 plenty good enough to win that game, um, especially because Houston, I think, you know, has been struggling at the moment. Um, I think it's good enough to to host a, a knockout round game, and I think it's good enough to win it. I think the conference semifinals are probably the ceiling for this team at mm-hmm. the moment, um, especially when when you think about likely opponents. I mean, yeah. yeah. When you, when you think about the, a New York Red Bulls yeah. or, or a, an Atlanta United, um, just in terms of, of, of talent and, and, and style and just the, the form that they're in at the moment, I, I think that's about the ceiling that this team can get to. But I, you know, that's not a bad thing. And um, I think that it's still, I think a lot of times in MLS, the question is, you know, is Team X making progress? And, you know, have they improved? And are guys developing? And I think in the case of the Philadelphia Union, that's that's a resounding yes. And, and those guys in the back are, are only going to get better. And Keegan Rosenberry is a, is a guy who I hadn't mentioned earlier. I mean, he's had a nice bounce back season. And, um, you know, I, I think they're, they're generating enough in attack, you know, to, to really threaten guys. And, yeah, I mean, I, are they capable of an upset? Yeah, I think they could do it. Um, but I just think over two legs. You know, I, I, think, I think it seemed like the Red Bulls or Atlanta are just mm. too strong. But,
0: um, Man, it would be fun to have, have to, a Red Bulls union with, game. With
1: what, you know, Jim Curtin and, and the union yeah. have done
0: this year. The only kind of a dark cloud I see uh, with the team is they went through two uh, mid-season transfer windows without adding. They did it last year. They did it again this year, kind of let the window close and pretty much say we're, they're going with the hand they got. Uh, and we saw in Orlando they got a little nicked up. They had uh, two guys come out, a couple guys come out with injuries, um, do you think the depth is there? And I know you're not going to always get a home run in, in the midseason, you're not going to get a superstar or anything, but just a guy to bolster a little bit or, or in a couple positions and like I said, seeing a couple injuries, uh, do, do you think that the depth is there to sustain him to the end of the year? Um,
1: I think the depth in the back is there. Um, But I, I, I think just thinking about the attack um, I mean I think that's I, I think that can be a, a little bit of a concern I think
2: Greg um, and I both think they're a striker short
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean and obviously, if you know if Cory Burke you know isn't able to go, I mean you could always move Sapong back there, um, who probably has a little bit more confidence now than, than he did earlier, but um yeah i mean I, I think that would be the big worry for me I mean this is still a team if i'm not mistaken that looked at looking at the whole league doesn't score a ton of goals um i, I obviously i think that that uh, that strike rate has increased um you know with Corey Burke coming on board but yeah i mean that that would be my concern um you know you've got three pretty good center backs that you can choose from um you know i think uh you know you've got some other options there in, in the back but um yeah i think like you said, you're, you're a striker short, so I, I think that's a pretty accurate way to put it.
0: Uh, Jeff, always a pleasure. Uh, before we let you go, please tell our listening public uh, where they can find you, where they can read you, where they can follow you on social media.
1: Yeah, you can just uh, you know find me at ESPN.com soccer. Um, and, and on Twitter, you can re- reach me at, uh, at Jeffrey Carlisle. And Jeffrey is R-E-Y in the end, <laughs> <laughs> not E-R-Y, so Okay, uh, but yeah, that's that's where you can find my work these days. And uh, if if, if and you're in dire straits, you can always go to the search bar on ESPN.com/soccer and just plug my name
0: in there, and, and you'll see my work. Uh, Jeff, always a pleasure. Hope to have you on again uh, real soon.
2: Thanks so much, Absolutely. Jeff. Thanks,
0: guys. Take care. Uh, the great Jeff Carlisle from ESPN, always uh, always insightful, always honest, always... But yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> he said the stuff he said about Ernie, because I was afraid it was us. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, come on, you knew it wasn't us. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, it was kind of, a, I guess, a rough question I asked him about. But we, we've seen how Ernie operates. I mean, yeah. we got it up close. We've talked to him a few times. We've seen him around the stadium. He's, he's his own guy. He's going to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it. He's on his own timeline. He answers to Ernie Stewart, yep. no matter what's going on.
2: And if he could not talk to us, he would not do <laughs> and, and, you know,
0: that could work when you're running an MLS team, especially, you know, they've g- gained profile in the last few weeks. But, you know, the last couple of years, they're not the most high. They're not Atlanta. They're not, they're not New York. The Union didn't have that high profile. I mean, he's a high-profile guy. But you, you could kind of do that. You could kind of run your own little kingdom. U.S. Soccer is a different level. It's yeah. a different thing. It's a, you know you have more demands, You have more people looking at you, you have more expectations, especially coming off what happened to them last year.
2: Yeah, no, and I, I think when Ernie talks about hiring a head coach that can do the public facing things, mm-hmm. I think he'll be relieved to yeah. not have to do that when that person comes in. Um, I I do agree with you though that the it the the national team job brings a Mm -hmm. lot more pressure than the philadelphia union job and i I think it's going to be interesting to see how he adapts to that and how he adapts to having that pressure put on him a little bit more Uh, like you said i i think he's his own guy i think he'll continue Mm -hmm. to do things the way he does it until it until it really doesn't work
0: right um just talking to jeff and seeing the quotes and kind of reading between stuff it's probably going to be an american coach
2: i'm thinking it's definitely going to be an American and, and coach. I'm, it's going to be an MLS coach if they're waiting until 80, the end of this.
0: I think I, I'm about 80. percent Greg Hall. I am too. Uh, I think, uh, I really think it is. The other two names, uh, uh, Jeff, threw out there, uh, Marsh Vermees. and Vermees. Yeah,
2: I don't see Jesse Marsh coming back after leaving for Germany. So no, 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 it just no, doesn't I, make sense to me. No, I because, mean, you have to think that if, if Ernie or if U.S. soccer was considering mm-hmm. him, they would have let him know before he left Red Bulls.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Peter
2: is an interesting option. You know, he, he's, he's an been interesting guy, very he, successful in Kansas City. Um, I think he's a good personality,
0: very pragmatic yeah. coach. Which again, Ernie let the mask slip a little bit. Said he wants an aggressive guy. Yeah, and Ramiz is a lot of things, but he's aggressive defensively. But he's not. I mean, he's he's kind of a grind him out. You know, five yards in a cloud of dust, coach, and and he's very pragmatic. Where Burkhalter is a little more. He's got a little bit of the international experience. He he worked overseas. I think he has a broader perspective. If that if that makes sense, um, I'm fine with an American coach if that's the best option. I don't want it to be an American coach just because that's what Ernie wants. Yeah, I want it to be an American coach because that's the best option. And and the English thing and stuff like that limiting. Themselves in that way, and I, I, I didn't know about the Chicago thing, but demanding that the person lives in Chicago—you know, where you know soccer houses and all that—I I don't know if you want to limit yourself like that. If, if you're trying to get higher-end talent, I mean, I think you have to throw some concessions the other way. Yeah, if, if you want to get kind of a next-level guy.
2: Yeah, I think it was interesting that that uh, Jeff brought up. Tata Martino. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was interesting to hear about his English speaking ability because I, I didn't know. Right. Um, so, you know, that's if you're talking MLS coaching talent, I mean, Tata and Greg Burhalter have to be towards the, the top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Burhalter makes a lot of sense for some of the other things we're saying. If Got to live in Chicago. Here he lives in Columbus. Right. It's not really a. Hop skipping a job. Yeah. It's not too much of a move and not to. Talk trash in Columbus. Chicago might be a little bit of a <laughs> step uh, forward. <laughs> um, I've never been to Columbus. Ohio. It's probably right. a lovely time.
0: Uh I've, I've heard good things. Go um, yeah, it, it, it's it's curious. And setting the parameters so rigidly, especially those parameters. Yeah. Um, with the language and with the residency and things like that. I
2: think, I think those parameters are maybe easy to set when you already have the guy in mind. Yeah. So that's, I mean, with us talking about Greg Borhalter, he ticks all these boxes already. Right. So it feels very natural to mm-hmm. just put him as the favorite.
0: Yeah, and I don't. Of the guys, kind of mentioned, he's a younger guy. I think he, like I said, I think he has a little broader perspective. Yeah, he's done well, and he's done well. in We his talk league. about
2: Peter Ramiz too. You know, I think the 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 US job has come up a couple of times, and you've never heard Ramiz throw his hat in. And and I don't know if that's a conscious thing, and I don't know if he's just a humble guy, and maybe he does that kind of thing behind the
0: scenes. Yeah, and he's you know he was a um, he was a national team player. Yeah, and he you know he played you know has had a bunch of caps for them, and knows U.S. you know you know his his playing days were almost thirty years ago, but I mean knows U.S. soccer and things like that. So you'd think it would be a more natural choice, but maybe he's got a good thing going in Kansas City. He's kind of. Again, like we talked about, Ernie, he's he's the king of the castle. There, yeah. he he does he gets the players he he needs. He's got great stadium. He's got good you know good fan support and all that. Maybe he's you know that's he's kind of his he just ambition. Loves the barbecue, yeah. And then, hey, it's, hey, I, I don't blame him. <laughs> uh, maybe, but that's he's that's where his ambition lies in making Kansas, sporting KC as good as they can be. And that's that's fine. It's admirable. It's honorable. Yeah. It's it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so no Arsenal Wenger then for us. National no, it doesn't team. seem that yeah, way. I don't, don't hey, he think. speaks pretty good English. I speaks excellent
2: English. I right? don't. I can't. See, you see, you see Wenger moving to Chicago. No, <laughs> not at all. I'd love to see Arsenal Wenger in great. Chicago. Yeah, trying to eat a deep dish <laughs> pizza. <laughs> right? but, uh, I would watch that reality show. Yeah. Uh, that. Be- <laughs> Um, it, it is so it's so deep, and it is. <laughs> it is not the cheese that we use in France, but it's okay. Uh, uh, that'd be interesting. I
0: loved it. there was uh, some of the articles <laughs> of just kind of what he's doing, now, not to get off on too much a tangent, but but he's just kind of chilling. He's you know, well, reading, I say took, he took a trip to see
2: uh, George Way, right? Yeah. What's that? He took a trip to see. Right, him.
0: right, and that that was amazing. I mean, yeah, it, was the, really the, cool the kind the of pictures. The, oh, holding the baby. That was oh, but but <laughs> but. In all well, seriousness, like really, the mutual admiration society is to have for each other oh, yeah. and what kind of wenger did for way where mm-hmm. george ware and and, and you now it's being reciprocated oh it's it's, it's amazing um but yeah it's it's if burr the choice then it's the choice and you know i'll support it because i, I don't think it's such a drastically bad choice no. <laughs> i don't think it's a bad choice and i don't think it's like so far off the mark
2: no i don't think so
0: either um I and I don't think it's, and you're not recycling a guy. No. You're not br- bringing back a Bruce Arena. You're not no. bringing back a Bob Bradley, no. which, uh, I, you know, I admire Bob Bradley. I think he's doing a really yeah, good job. But in I mean, just
2: in the setting that we're in, like, any retread is going to feel no, really terrible for you. No, 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 no. Base. And you
0: and, need we, to be we, moving forward. We didn't, at this really point. Get in, I didn't really get into it too much with Jeff, but I didn't realize it. It's been almost a year. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's a long time to hang an interim tag on Dave Saric, uh, and, and and for a guy who, who everybody knows isn't getting the job. Yeah, you hang that tag on him; he's got to pick, You know, I can't he, imagine
2: how hard it's been for him. Is I know. Try. I mean, is he? I mean, he's done. I think a pretty good job of he's, like he's calling a, in the right guys and, yeah, and he, trying to see some of the the newer talent out he's there. He's a good.
0: He's been a good soldier. I think he's filling the role. You yeah. know, he's he's been a good soldier for U.S. Soccer and. That's fine, but to let this kind of go on as long as it's gone on and, you know, I know, I know they wanted to square away, you know, there was a change at the top in U.S. soccer. They want to square away the GM gig and, they want you know, that was a process and, and all that. I, I, I understand that, but just to and, – and the ESPN guys unloaded, unloaded on U.S. soccer over at Taylor Twelman and, uh, and Herc Gomez, I think specifically, really – Kind of vented their, vented uh, their spleens about it, and you know Taylor's usually a pretty emotional guy, so it's not a big surprise. But it was, um, it was interesting to see really those guys take that stand and, and then really say, you know, the U.S. Soccer is a big federation; it should do things in a more serious, urgent manner.
2: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that there's a lot of the fan base that would disagree with that at yeah. this point. That's been a, it's been a long, frustrating year. I mean, we, we had to sit through a World Cup that the U.S. wasn't participating yeah. in. We've sat around waiting for a coach to be hired. We sat around waiting for a GM to be hired. Yeah, that, that,
0: that was the thing with the World Cup. It was such a great, entertaining World yeah. Cup. And y- y- you see, you know, CONCACAF representatives. Panama was really there to make up the numbers. Yeah. Um, Mexico was brave did some nice things but they were out in around 16 uh, Costa Rica after a really strong previous world cup kind of the yeah. early right. swan song so so you see what concacaf served up and you just sit there it's like we the us couldn't be there yeah they couldn't figure out a way to be there no. and and it's
1: it's frustrating it's it was, it's, it's
0: still yeah. the frustration still lingers Let's talk Union. Uh,
2: We're going to devote 25 minutes to the new mascot.
0: (laughs) Okay. No,
2: I don't even want to talk about the mascot. No, I think... You know, everybody's had like a a read on the mascot. I don't care what anybody's opinion is, like over the age of seven. (laughs) It's not for us... Don't worry about
0: it. You know, it's – it's.
2: If you've got little kids, the thing is going to come out and dance around and entertain your kids. It's admirable. Let it, let it be that.
0: They, they, they did something to try to engage with the younger fans, which is great, which yep. is fine. And, it's not okay.
2: it's not for us. It's not for our listening group. Right. Let it go. Uh, Unless you really want to talk uh, about but it. But the
0: has been – headlines were, were pretty yeah, funny. But, okay, I mean, let's, it's, move it's, you know, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. So you need to get a week off, which I, they need it because they're pretty necked up. Uh, yeah. Bark, Dutch, Kel. That's a couple
2: rough weeks ahead. Yeah. And, bark,
0: um, and, you know, again, it's something we talked about. It's like this is great. They're on, they're on, and they're really solidifying, but they're just they're doing it on 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 a razor's edge. Yeah. Because they don't really have the depth in the attack. You have a guy like Dutch, Kel. Like you don't have a like-for-like like that you could stick in there. No. Maybe a Fontana. Uh, the one guy you, you, you could think about doing, he's hurt as well in Del Yeah. And uh, his injury sounds like it's going to be l- much longer. Yeah. You have options wide. I mean, you still have David Akam on, on I, roster. Yeah, for, he's on the team. For, for you know, and, and you have Herbers and you have Epps. So you have, you know, and, and Fafa, he could play you the wing. So you have options for your wide spot. Yeah. Don't really have an option at the 10 I to mean, replace.
2: I, I brought I've brought this up a number of times. and I don't think it's a good long-term solution, but if it has to be a game or two while Dushkel's ankle heals, just flip the triangle and put Madunian in the 10. I mean, he's, yeah, the, he's, he, he's outside of Dushkel. He's the best passer yeah, on the team. Last year, you, can, you can bring in a guy like Derek Jones yeah. to to play the, the more kind of six role. Or Warren Crevallo, if, if you want to be even a little bit more defensive, well, you
0: make it a four-one-four-one look. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean they did that a little bit last year, and and
2: I mean I think that's fine. I, I don't, you know, it's not been what's brought the Union success over the last two months. Mm-hmm. But you know, if if you have to give Kell another week to, to rest his ankle, I think that that's what I would look for. Yeah, for pis- against Montreal against Montreal this pis- weekend.
0: You know, Harris. You know, like you said, after Kell, he's your best passer. He's your yeah. best pass creator out in the middle it's an option. <laughs> yeah. It's an idea.
2: And if you if you bring in a guy like Jones or or Craval and you you say hey, be aware of Piati all the time on Saturday, mm-hmm. I don't think that's that's a terrible decision yeah. for Jim Curtin. I, I I mean, I think Anthony Fontana is still coming back from his own injury. Right, yeah, I, he was I don't a little I don't th- I don't think he'll feature.
0: Yeah, um, you don't you don't really have an option at Bethlehem that you've kind of worked in no at all. Um yeah, I mean that that's they got a patchwork at a patchwork. I mean Montreal Montreal's playing but and Montreal just the Union Montreal it's always a tough matchup for for the Union. You Not know? play well I mean. against them. Was, yeah. And you know I, I think a lot of it has to do with Piotti. I mean he's so mercurial and he's so he he, he just can disappear and reappear and he, he's so crafty. It, it's just it, it's they just have, always have so much pro, so many problems like tracking him. Um yeah, it it's, it's always weird games against Montreal. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Um but, but you know, the injury thing's a concern, and, and, you know, they're one more injury away from they could start tumbling.
2: Yeah. I th- the El Seno injury is is disappointing. I mean, I think he's he's been a nice spark.
0: He's played well, and not only has he played well, they found such a good role for him. Yeah. That 25, 30-minute, yeah. you could put him in if you're ahead, if you're behind, because if you're ahead, he could hold the ball up and just kind of yeah. tie up defenders. And if you're behind, he could create. He yeah. can make something. You he can help you make something. So it's it's it, it, you know they found that role for him, and then he, he gets injured. Um, and you you do have options wide. I mean you know, um, and CJ has been playing wide and has found his game a little more, found the game a little more, you could say, uh, out there, and it's played better. And you know, and like I said, you have Apps kicking around, you have Herbers kicking around. So you you have those options. David
2: Akam is still technically on the team.
0: <laughs> And again, but if if Burke goes down, then you guys slide CJ up top, and
2: not if you signed a striker, which I heard there was a striker in town.
0: Yeah, there might have been. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, so that, that's kind of where we're at. Um, but it's nice to hear, hear Jeff write that article, and uh, uh, you know everybody kind of getting noticed for their good works.
2: Yeah, no, it, it's it's good. You know, I, I think it's you know the i think the, the union has unfortunately been the the punching bag of the mm-hmm. national media for a while and and not you know not wrongfully right. but i think it's it's been really nice even for our, for us lowly local guys to to see you know <laughs> yeah. people standing up and taking so yeah I know. what's, what's was, going on I in thought know, it's been
0: fun Bobby Warsaw I think yeah, kind of did it he, first I mean, I, I was,
2: yeah I think he was an early adopter
0: yeah he's he i mean and just kind of breaking down with the union especially the midfield are doing and 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 the the praise is absolutely universal for Austin Trusty. I mean, he... Yeah, he's been a rock. He could be... I
2: can't believe that he's not eligible for Rookie of the Year, because he should be.
0: Really? No. Because they signed him last year? They signed
2: him two years ago. Okay.
0: But he didn't... Okay, whatever. Yeah. Corey
2: Burke's not eligible either.
0: (laughs) You would think there would be like a minutes... No, that's not. ...thing, or like an appearance thing. I can't believe MLS has another stupid rule. The other sports, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, you know, baseball it's like a per inning, it's like innings yeah. or minutes or this. I think
2: like, out of the whole group of young guys on this team, McKenzie's the only one that I think is eligible.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And, interesting. and I don't
2: think he's probably gonna be no, I don't, in I don't the don't top think three it. just yeah. because he's he's fallen out of favor a little bit with Jack Elliott. Right. So I mean good. Jack,
0: Jack's played very well. Yeah. Um strange. Yeah, well, MLS always I know. Always <laughs> finding ways to be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's kinda of where we're at. Yeah, I think
2: it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I think at home against Montreal on Saturday, uh, three points would be really yeah. huge to put another a nice little keep keep the gap growing between might five be, and six. Yeah,
0: it might be a sloppy day, so that might slow down. I think it's going to be nice on Saturday. Yeah, no, hopefully. I mean, the, the forecast has been kind of yeah changing, but yeah, you know, if, it, if it's a bit of a sloppy day, maybe that slows Piatti down a little bit, and slows yeah. their attack down a little bit. You kind of kind of get them to play your way a little bit. <sighs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what this game is telling me as far as a result. Yeah, I wanted something. Tell me a draw.
2: Yeah, that's not a terrible like result. a
0: score. A score draw, and it, it keeps your unbeaten.
2: Yeah,
0: streak alive. I mean, you got to keep getting points. I mean, if they yeah. keep getting points, it's fine. Um, and then we're two weeks from the cup.
2: Yeah, it's. It was two two weeks from two, yeah. it was two weeks from today.
0: Yeah, so it's the twenty sixth. That's going to be interesting.
2: That's a tough week, too. you got to go to Seattle on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. And then cup final in Houston on Wednesday. Be and, nice. then, and then you're away to Columbus again on Saturday. Is
0: this the Seattle game that had to get moved? Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I, said, I
2: think that lineup for that Seattle game. You know, I'd, oh, I'd, I'd expect. I think me six might to eight changes. Yeah, I think
0: me and you might play in that match. Yeah. Uh, at this, point. I haven't gone
2: ninety since I rubbered my <laughs> Achilles, so it's got to be rough, guys.
0: Uh, and you know, Jim is loath to rotate, but
2: no, I'd imagine that's that's gonna be a he, Fabinho. Uh, yeah, I mean, Richie I, Marquez. I, I if I play
0: Blake, I think I just put I, I put McCarty. I mean, I
2: McCarty's fine. Yeah, I put. Yeah, you know. thank you, <laughs> David Akam.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think if you go with a changed lineup,
2: yeah, I think. I mean, you're gonna have. I think he'll ring in six to eight changes for that one. And just in, in front of a huge game on Wednesday, and if and if you know, I think rest those guys as much as you can after the Open Cup final because that game against Columbus that Saturday could be really big.
0: And it's fine, because you know, and this isn't the Seattle of your. I mean, this isn't. a yeah. Great Seattle team. They anyway. haven't
2: lost in nine games, though. Well, true. They've been one of the hottest <laughs> teams in the West. True. So, true. You, know, you know what the thing is? I think, like, and I, I hate having this opinion, but it's not a game you need points out of. No. It's a Western Conference team in a week that's much bigger for the no, other no. two games. I mean,
0: you, you'd you be really sol if you had to go to New York. Yeah. Either one of the New York teams. you got to go down to D.C. Then it's like you're really, you know, because you're looking at maybe six-pointers or something, or, yeah. or you're playing, or if the Montreal game is next is next week because that that could be a six point. Yeah, and so you're, mean, you're really in a conundrum. Do you want to go
2: to Seattle and nick a point? Absolutely.
0: <sighs> is it
2: a huge deal if you don't? Yeah. It's really not.
0: So they win the cup, that qualifies them for Concacaf Champions League.
2: It does yeah. Going to do away days in Costa Rica with me next year? That'd be great. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: um, and I, I I think I got into a conversation with somebody off uh, online about this. What does that? F- you add a competition. Not only is a competition international competition. Does that force the team a little bit to change their thinking? I want to say yes, but the I,
2: my answer is no.
0: <laughs> okay, you you do get um, what do you call? It? I think you get GAM TAM. You get some kind of allocation money. Okay. when you qualify, I think so. Um, or when the cup and qualify and all that. So you get some of the Garber bucks, which they use to get a com. I mean, so they haven't really spent much, too much of of Jay's money lately. Jay Sugarman, um, you're putting your team in a bad spot if you don't strengthen them. Adding another competition, not only a competition, an international competition, which is with these difficult. You know, you say Costa Rica. But also, possibly El Salvador or possibly, yeah. you know, these places that are very, or would, Mexico, yeah. you could end up against a Chivas. Yeah. Very difficult away games. Yes. Very difficult away situations. You would intuitively, you think you would need to strengthen yourself yeah. to face that challenge because yeah. it is a big challenge.
2: I agree. Yeah. And I, and I, I, and with anybody that is hoping that that's the way that the the union fo looks at it too, yeah, I th- I think that it's a it's a perfect opportunity to either use the MLS money that you're given or for for ownership to dip into their and, pockets and, and bring in one or two guys.
0: Don't hear it as much now, but definitely under the the last regime and the Sakavic regime, they really were kind of pounding the table. They wanted to be an international. Team, they want to be an international brand. They want other countries to know about the Philadelphia Union. This it will be if they win, if they qualify, if they go into the Concacaf Champions League. This will be the best way to do that. Yeah. So, so you you have to do something to make that step. But we'd say this all the time: they have to make the next step. They got to make the next step. They, you got to win that Open Cup final first. You got to win the Open Cup final first. I don't. I know I'm putting the cart before the horse here yeah. a little bit, but I'm, I'm confidence just,
2: is high in con- land these days.
0: But just philosophically, yeah, no, you I, know, I'm just thinking yeah. ahead and thinking philosophically. What does this do? To, and, and you know, I have no illusions. The Concacaf Champions League is not the UEFA Champions League. No, but it is the best we have. A, yeah, and like I said, you have an opportunity to say play a club America. Yeah, to play, uh, you know, uh, Saprisa, which is a very well-known big team in, in Costa Rica. Yeah. You know, to play, you know, in different environs mm-hmm. and to show the world who you are.
2: Yeah, I think I think it would be a huge opportunity to to, to build the brand for sure, but to yeah. to also further themselves within MLS. Yeah. You know, to, to make a little splash in a couple of games,
0: and, the, in, and and it, uh, you know, if they make the playoffs and. Talk about optimistic, Jeff Carlisle was very optimistic, saying that they they could host a game, they could host a game, and they could win that game. Yeah, yeah. And if they do that, then it's something I've railed about. Like people talk about, you know, the team being recognized in Philadelphia and being relevant in Philadelphia. They got to get relevant in MLS first, and you know, win 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 the cup. You know, make some noise in the playoffs, and then get into the CAF Champions League. Yeah. It, it, I said it before. Everything is in front of them. They're in a position to change who they are simply by winning games, not by any other means, but simply doing, getting things done on the field. So you have to Kind of reward that yeah. if, if you do if you if you get these opportunities you have to reward that
2: and it, and it certainly makes the the club sexier for people that might want to come here oh you know, for sure I, I imagine that it's been a tough sell the last five years <sighs> I mean it's been a team that's been skidding around it's, yeah. it's, it's been a team without a clear identity it's been a team that's not won a lot of games I mean and
0: we talk about like getting Bart Dutschke and the difficulty they had to go through yeah. to get get him. You know to and and that probably points to they don't have that profile but if they you know these things are in front of them yeah all they got to do is win <laughs> yeah um so I think we'll wrap it up there sounds good um, I' want to thank Jeff Carlisle from ESPN always hey, it was good to talk to great He's insightful very, yeah. um read his stuff he, yeah, he, he, good he stuff. you know his article on unions great his his coverage of uh of the national team is very uh, very sober and very smart stuff yeah. and he he, he really kind of cuts cuts through a lot of things and really kind of Gets to the heart of the matter. Uh, definitely check him out. Um, so I think we kind of did a prediction. I think we both said draw and scored draw I, for.
2: I, I think they'll win.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm leaning towards draw. I don't know, okay. just with the injuries and kind of shaking things around. Say
2: in a gritty one nil.
0: Yeah, there you go. That could be. Yeah, you know, that, that that could happen too. So, right. um, so I, th- I want to thank everybody for listening. We'll catch you soon.